1: Blog Talk Radio Here we come in the end. Like a G6, stick, shop the streets of Tokyo, get you black it. Girl, you always on my mind, got my head up in the sky, and I'm never looking down, feeling priceless. Yeah, where we at, only few have known. Watch the next level, Super Mario. I hope this works out. Cardio, till then, let's fly. Geronimo. Here we come. But I ain't never seen a face like yours. You made me feel like I could touch the planet. You want the moon, go watch me grab it. See, I ain't never seen a star this close. You got me stuck by the way you glow. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Here From the beginning and the new ones along the way. To those who witnessed history and those who've made their own, you've made the last 50 years go by fast, and we're not slowing down. This is Talladega.
2: Good evening from Dega Nation. I'm Tim Bismayne, home of SeaWayDigest.com. We'll out of Richmond Raceway. Where the crow flies here. come across approximately like eight miles south of this 2.66-mile monster week. out of super speed. Stephen, how are you doing this evening, brother? I hope, uh, hope you got a little bit better. You've been sick for a couple of weeks, bro.
3: Yeah, I'm doing a whole lot better this week than I have the last couple of weeks. I can actually talk, and uh, I don't have to uh, suck wind in between every sentence. And, uh, I actually have a Halfway decent
2: voice back now. That's awesome, brother. And again, I want to thank you. Even with it. you were Johnny on the spot calling in. Take care of you. Thank you for that. Let our listeners know the number to call in is 1-5. 383 and we've got a last guest coming on tonight. Steven F. Uh, Bruce Taylor, the director at Martinville Speedway, is going to join us at 20 after the hour. we uh talking about his video coming up there at Martinville this this weekend. We're finally going to a short track, Stephen, uh, and uh, I can't I can't wait to see how everything pans out of there at Martinville. Martinville is
3: what they call the,
2: the uh, paper trip. Typically, the half mile of mayhem It's going to be a nice watch yeah,
3: Martinsville has always been A nice little track to go to And uh, we've seen confrontation In the past there We've seen uh, uh, we, 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 We've seen Matt Kenseth And uh, Joey Logano go after it We've seen Denny Hamlin go after it um, Chase Elliott And Chase Elliott go after it A couple of years ago I mean it's just short track racing and um, it's been something that's been on been on the schedule ever since the beginning. Um, we we we've seen rivalries um, begin and end at places like that, and I'm glad that we're you know we continue to go to places like Martinsville. This is also the first opportunity of the year for some of these drivers that feel like in the first couple of races that somebody did something to them that you know they can get that little bit of payback on onto them. Um, I say that all the time. Every time we come to Martinsville, <laughs> but it's a good place for for you know somebody that you know again feel like they've been wronged. Uh, you know maybe maybe Daniel Suarez and Michael McDowell will go at it on the racetrack. Uh, you know you don't ever know what's going to happen, but um, I, I like I like we still con- continue to come to Martinsville Speedway this weekend. It's going to be fun as it always is.
2: I definitely agree, Steve. I think I sort of fixed the little communication problem. I'm still breaking up. uh, But, uh, one of the, one of of the real awesome things about Mark, they was Mark, the hot dog. Uh, yeah. And
3: and they've gone back to the Jesse Jones hot dogs too. So, um, you know, we, we, they had Smithfield there for about two or three years there. And, uh, you know, they finally went back to to Jesse Jones' Little Red Gut Grenades that, you know, they had had there for more than 50 years. And, um, you know, it's uh, it, it's unique and it's all right. It, it, it turns the water like neon some color or another when you're cooking the thing down. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things that you just can't eat one of them. And, in fact, you just got to go get a whole bag full
2: and you actually did that one year, too, bro. That, that, that was really <laughs> neat. That was really neat. I,
1: just,
3: I do that every time I go there because, you know, I, I, I'm going to eat at least four or five or six of them, so I might as well just go get a whole bag full. Uh, let's go ahead and uh,
2: talk about qualifying at uh Speedway. We had uh, what you call one big... Rump or Jam or whatever you want to call it, everybody waiting with this with this new package out there at uh, Fontana? Every, everybody was lining up. They wanted. They didn't want. Nobody wanted to be the first one to go out. And uh, can you let us know a little bit about probably the reason that they did that? They didn't want to run single cars, or two or three cars. They wanted to go out in a group qualifying because the draft means a lot now with the package we have.
3: Yeah, so at these big racetracks, like these 2 Bob racetracks and places like, you know, when we uh, come back to Daytona or Talvega, um Michigan, places like that, these places are so error-dependent. Um, the draft is something that um, something that uh, it's unnecessarily evil, uh, and, and it's becoming even more so at these tracks like uh, Michigan or uh, the, uh, Auto Club this weekend the only way that you're gonna go out there and get any type of speed out of these cars, you've got to go out there and run as a pack. And the speeds were down anyways. Um, you know, there there were some. Uh, these cars were only around about 170 miles an hour around now, 171, 172, three something like that. We've seen them sail off into these corners at 215 to 18 miles an hour at, at places like uh, California. So you know they were about you know 40 miles an hour off off the pace of. Well, we've seen in the past, but um, just because of the way that these cars are air-dependent the way that they put these um, and those big blades into the wind produce more downforce on the back, uh, as well with the uh, front downforce with those aeroducks into these cars, um, along with the cut horsepower, like 550 horsepower from, you know, 750, 800 horsepower. Um, you know, it really, really bogs these cars down, so uh, again, it's just a, nece- it's, it's a necessary evil that uh, comes along now that not only do you have to draft during the race, but you now have to draft during qualifying. Um, but as, as uh, NASCAR said, uh, these drivers made a mockery out of it, and uh, I have to agree. Um, but then again, I think these drivers have kind of been making a mockery out of it for quite some time. Um, a couple of years ago, when they first started doing these group qualifiers I literally said at the end of of pit road uh, at Richmond and watched 20, 25 cars, Literally, you just sit there at the end of, of pit road until there's about a, a minute left, um, maybe 45 seconds left on the clock. And then they all rolled off at the exact same time and listened to the radio's on to it. You can hear spotters spotter saying, okay, there's two minutes left, there's a minute and a half left, or whatever, eight minutes, 15 seconds left. Count them down because, you know, all these drivers, um, you know, uh, I think they've been playing games with, with those group qualifying for quite some time, and um, while it was uh, designed to, uh, to add some excitement into qualifying instead of seeing single-color runs out there, um, uh, these, these drivers, like everything else, they've, the teams and the drivers have figured out how the game system and, and NASCAR came out there and they uh, answered the, the media's questions on what was going on and why why they thought it was going on, but you know I'll I'll use their terminology into this and that the, the drivers met a mockery of it all um, going forward. By the time we get to Texas, we're going to have some new qualifying procedures, um, maybe some changes is what they're saying. Um, not not this weekend at Martinsville, but honestly, I'd like to see them go back to a I'd like to see them go back to single qualifying, uh, one uh, warm up lap, one hot lap, sing around qualifying, put all the cars out there line them up 1 to 40 um, based on time, one lap, just be done with it. We saw a, a place like uh, – I mean, even at Daytona where they ran some qualifying, with Paul and I saw Paul qualifying. Um, they were able to get that done in just a little over an hour, right about an hour or so, and I think that's condensed, around, condensed down enough um, that if we can uh, you know, uh, keep, keep qualifying about an hour – um, you know, with single car runs, I don't think the only way to do it is go to a single car qualify in one round, uh, put everything you got into it, just like at the short tracks. Um, maybe at a place like Daytona or Talladega, you might need, uh, three laps or two, you know, two laps or something like that, but for the grand majority of the race tracks, I think you go for single lap, um, uh, warm-up lap, hit the line, and then, uh, then your hot lap and go back to the pits. And, you know, I think that like, you can get it done by now. That's just my suggestion. I think, yeah, I don't know if Dasko is going to look at doing that um, in the near future. But if I had to say, I think I'd, I would like to see that happen. And I think that we just do away with the rounds because I think it gains the system just a little too much. I think it one round, one lap, makes the drivers put everything into it they have in one lap.
2: That's right, Stephen. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I I hope I fixed my little scratching problem there, but uh, oh, there it comes again. Anyway, uh, senior vice president of the competition Scott Miller, um, uh, spoke with some of the media after the qualifying deal there at uh, Auto Club. Okay, well, Let's listen to a little bit about what Scott Miller is. Give us your opinion. Yeah.
4: Well, I saw I saw obviously what what our fans um, don't want. Obviously having the last 12 cars wait until they couldn't get a time posted on the board, and kind of making a mockery out of the qualifying is not what we expect for our fans. And it's a little bit on us, and that we, uh, you know, we hoped we hoped things would go better than that. It's an exciting show when they're out there on the racetrack, but obviously we have a little work to do on our our part to get a little bit better format so things like that can happen. Um, you know, we certainly want to provide our fans with with what they deserve and uh we and the teams didn't do a very good job of that today, so we're really disappointed. So that's
1: pretty much going to be the end of how this format. Is you
4: might have to make some tweaks. I I think we will definitely make some tweaks to it. Not quite sure what. I mean, we've we've been working on a few kind of other things, but we really don't want to go back to single car qualifying. There may may not be another way, but uh, we want to try to uh, exhaust every possibility before we do that because that's just you know it's not as fun, not as intriguing of a show as kind of the group situation. So we're going to try to try to figure out a way to to adjust um, the group qualifying thing and not go back to single. But uh, you know we got some work to do on that. Huh? Any timeline on potential changes? Well, I mean, we don't. We won't see this sort of situation out of Martinsville, so I would say that by Texas we're going to have to, uh, you know, because it will be a little bit the same scenario with, you know, wanting to go out there and run together and draft. So I would say that by Texas we will, we will have something different in the queue. All right. Thank you,
2: guys. And just as you spoke, Stephen, there uh – Scott Miller said the same thing you did. Going to Texas, there's probably going to be some tweaking in the qualifying. Uh, Scott Miller, their uh, senior vice president of competition there for NASCAR, mentioned that he did not want to go back to single-car qualifying. And that was sort of confidential to what you want. You would like to go back to single-car qualifying. But believe it, is this just the animal that we have healed? And you and I know. The driver's crew, chiefs, our good friend Lambert Runners, they're going to push the envelope to, to the extent. And is this just an animal that we have built in the sport nowadays trying to make competition better? I mean, I just want to throw it out there.
3: Well, you know, I think it goes back to, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction to it. And I think that's true within the sport that for everything that they're. Um, they, that NASCAR may change, there's a reaction or, you know, uh, uh, an equal reaction to that. Um, as we p- continue to try and get the competition closer and closer together, um, as we try and make tweaks to uh, bring fans on board, and give them some uh, an intriguing show and a reason to tune in um, on TV or radio or even through th- social media, um... Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's a it's a reaction it's a reaction to it. You know, again, the, for every rule that NASCAR implements, there's an engineer working somewhere to figure out what the gray areas of that rule is that they can fight around the rule without breaking it. So, you know, again, you know, in, in qualifying, these, these drivers, they've figured it out and they've become masters at it at this point. Um, this is the first time that no cars took time and the pulse that are out of Euro, Um, zero time, and um, you know, this happened in uh 2015 at Kentucky, I believe, in the truck series. Um, we had the same scenario out there where uh, trucks didn't take time, and Paul Sutter sat on the ball with with, uh, both you know, big old zeros up there. So, um, you know, we, we don't want this to become the norm, we don't want uh, you know, fan, like they said, the fans don't want to see they, these drivers on the pay road and not, not, not take time. Um, but, you know, again, they've got to make the changes. And, you know, uh, as they make the changes, drivers and teams are going to react to their changes. And, uh, you know, it, it may not be at the beginning, but, you know, I, I would figure at some point down the line, once they get um, a little bit used to these changes, then, you know, we might may see these drivers do something totally different and, and, you know, I, and I don't really have any inside knowledge on exactly what they're going to make the changes or how they're going to make the changes. But, you know, yet again, you know, for a change, there's a, there's a reaction to that change. So, you know, drivers will go out there and do what they have to do um, and, uh, you know, make their teams, sponsors happy. And sometimes, you know, we have situations like we did in California this past weekend, but at least we've seen NASCAR reacting to that and uh, willing to make the changes um, needed so that it doesn't happen again.
2: I definitely agree, Steven. And I know you're not a big fan of road course. I'm still getting some feedback. I apologize for that. I don't know what to do. I was unplugged and plugged and everything. Anyway, uh, like I said, Stephen, I know you're not a big fan of road courses. But on the road course NASCAR, is out like groups. They send them out I, I don't know because I don't watch that many road courses. Five cars, ten cars at a time for groups qualifying. And when they send them out, they have to go. Is that an option maybe Scott Miller and NASCAR might need to look at it dwindling it down but actually not doing a single-car qualifying but turning them out in small groups and tell whatever them you, whatever your group comes up, got to go.
3: Yeah, I think that could be a potential option to it as long as they're not sitting there trying to make them heat races because I don't think heat races are going to fix the situation at all. We saw the heat races in the Xfinity Series, it wasn't so exciting as uh, what we've seen or what what NASCAR had hoped and, you know, everybody had hoped as far as that was concerned. Um, but I do think that, you know, that could be a potential in qualifying where you just take, you know, if there's 40 cars that show up, you, you put them in packs of 5 or 10 or whatever number is you want to come up with. Um, you're not on the grid within, you know, two minutes or three minutes of that qualifying time, then you can just, Sit yourself in the garage and, you know, um, and if you don't roll off and the rest of them roll off, then I guess you can go sit in the garage, too, and then you can start back the field. I think there's ways that NASCAR can do it. I think there's an option. I think it's a viable option into this. As some of these racetrackers, I don't know if necessarily you can do it a place in Martinsville because Martinsville is kind of small, but then again, you might be able to. You're, they're going to roll a lot of cars off this weekend, so... um yeah, I don't see any reason why that you wouldn't be able to try something like that. I mean, it, it would force drivers to get off a of pit road, and you know, there's there's a penalty for for not doing so, and that penalty is starting at the back and go sit in the garage for the rest of the weekend, lose some practice time, and then go sit in, it didn't start at the rear of the field on on Sunday afternoon. So, yeah, I think that's an incentive to make them go out there and do something.
2: That sounds good, Steve. And then we got our guests. We're we'll gonna go ahead and uh, bring uh, public relations director, Mr. Martin, from Mr. Brooks Taylor, into the pit stop. Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the
2: main event. Get ready to rumble! Brooks Taylor, public relations director for Marvel Studios. How you doing tonight, my friend?
5: I'm great. That's quite the uh, quite the introduction. I hope I can
2: uh, I hope I can live up to it. Well, I know you can because whenever we had Mike Mike Smith on, Mike always loved that introduction. Brooks.
5: Well, you know, Mike's a good fellow. He actually texted me earlier this week.
2: Uh, wishing us good
5: luck and and good weather and uh and I think we're we're definitely getting the good
2: weather. So, we'll uh we'll certainly
5: take
1: it
2: that's right. And Brooks, again, thank you for calling in tonight such short notice. And I'm having a little bit of technical difficulty on my side here in Talapega. So I'm going to hand you over to Stephen Wilson, which is right outside of Richmond up there,
0: and let him ask,
2: ask you a few questions. And if I can get this fixed, I'm going to have a couple of questions. But thanks again for coming on, Brooks. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank
3: you, guys. Thank Brooks, thanks, sir. I appreciate you taking time to come on here tonight. And again, sorry about this lateness of uh, the doubt to get you on tonight. Um, the first question I got for you is Martinsville Speedway's been on, on on the circuit and, and it's since nineteen forty nine. It's been in operation since nineteen forty seven. What makes Martinsville so special that people should come there and watch a race?
5: Well, I think when you think of Martinsville, obviously the first thing that comes to mind, just like you were saying, is the is the history of the place. Uh, you know, going back to, to nineteen forty seven, two years before NASCAR's original schedule and the only track remaining from NASCAR's original schedule is still racing at the cup level today. So uh, I think the first thing you think of is the history. It's, it's like going to Fenway park or Wrigley field or Lambeau field or something. And it's, uh, and, and I think the second thing you think of is the value. Uh, Clay Earls, when he founded the track 70 plus years ago, he said when a man plunks down his hard earned dollar, he better get more than a dollar in return. And that's something that we've tried to, uh, hold true to this day, and, and I think if you look at our ticket prices and the and the, the experiences that we have for for fans, um, that are most of which are free or, or a nominal add-on fee, uh, we we've tried to do just that. And then obviously the, the racing speaks for itself. You know, if you go back to the first race, uh, September seventh, nineteen forty-seven, Buck Baker led the first forty-eight laps, and, and Red Byron passed him with two to go, uh, and uh, we've had close finishes ever since. So. Um, I think people, you know, I think those three factors are the are the biggest reasons that, that people have come to Martinsville.
3: Martinsville Speedway is attractive. We've seen rivalries both start and end at. We've seen the, the Kenseth and Logano, the Elliott and uh, Hamlin and others develop at tracks like that. It's just good old short track racing out there. You know, as 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 we begin our short track season with Martinsville and Bristol and Richmond, going to finish it up here in the spring. You guys get a little bit of the first taste of this. Sometimes it's, you know, one of those places where drivers get an opportunity to, you know, get some get back at somebody they feel has wronged them during the first couple of races of the year. How do you think that plays into you know what what the sport is today and how what or NASCAR, uh, NASCAR fans are yearning for when they come to the racetrack? Well, I think
5: you know the one thing that that. Fans of all sports want is action, and and you're certainly going to get that at Martinsville, and whether it's somebody that's uh, looking for an opportunity for something that's happened three weeks ago or three laps ago, Martinsville is a place where they can uh, they can bend some fenders and 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 ruffle some feathers, and, and and guys aren't scared to do it. And I think the the close uh, quarters racing of the track leads to that and I think it's it's just one of those uh one of those things where it's kind of the perfect storm, the long straightaways, the tight flat turns, you uh you don't get a lot of speed and so the drivers know that while well, it's not safe, it's it's not sending somebody in the wall at hundred and eighty five miles an hour either. Um and and you can ruin a day without ruining a life. Um so I th- I think that's uh yeah, I, I, I think that's Sort of what what we saw that, and, and, and we certainly embrace it.
3: A couple of years ago, Barnesville Speedway went on, uh, through a renovation there. You kept kind of a retro theme there. Um, you know, uh, we've seen at other tracks, you know, they try and build up the fan experience both the inside and outside of the track on race day. What are some of the things that you guys are doing today that you have done in the past or something? Today, that you've changed the way that you interact with fans, both on race day and throughout the week.
5: Well, I think uh, some of the, if, you, if you look at the the things we've done uh, to to help build the fan experience, and like I said before, without uh, without hurting the wallet too much, on Friday, Friday is free to everyone. Um, you can you can come in and watch the Truck Series practice for free. We've got an uh, autograph session with the Truck Series drivers, and then that's followed by the hauler parade. And a lot of people come out, and they line up and down 220 to watch the haulers come, come rolling in. That's a pretty neat deal. And then on Saturday, um, it's youth 17 and under are free uh, for the Truck Series race and, and cup practice and cup qualifying. And then we've got FanFest after that, where you get to see guys like Jimmy Johnson and Clint Boyer uh, kind of let their hair down a little bit. We've got Bubba Wallace in that, Paul Bernard, and <coughs> excuse me, they'll uh, they will uh, they'll be playing fun and games, and and there'll be prizes, and that's all free to the fans. And then on Sunday, um, we've got the Free race experience, which is a thirty-dollar add-on to your ticket, and you'll see a lot of drivers. Uh, You know, and I do a Q and A's it's all on the track. You can be down on the track for driver introductions. Uh, And then if you look at some of the things we've done around the facility, one thing we've always been careful of is not violating the integrity of the history of Martinsville. Uh, But we've done things like we've added the sky deck above uh, turns one and two, which is a a sort of a VIP outdoor suite experience for the fans. And and the fans are able to uh, go up there and there's a buffet throughout the day, um, you know, so if they want to purchase that experience, they can.
2: Um,
5: we, our our tickets start at $47, and I don't think we have a ticket above $100. So trying to keep the cost low um, are, are are some of the things that we've done. And then, of course, it's the only place you can get the famous Martinsville Speedway hot dogs. So uh, if that doesn't get you out, I don't know
3: what will. <laughs> well, that was going to be my last question to you, is uh, tell everybody about this famous Martinsville hot dog if you haven't had one. What makes it so special? And yes, everybody knows it's two dollars, but what makes it so special that you have to come there and you just can't eat one?
5: Well, it's uh it, it's it's a, a a red hot dog, uh Jesse Jones hot dog on a steamed bun, uh with chili, mustard, onions and slaw. And it's uh it's sort of just how people eat hot dogs in Mortonsville and Henry County and it's something that we've had since the beginning and uh you know, a lot of times uh Sports venues as a whole will try to promote a, a certain concession item. The hot dog is something that really took a life of its own. Uh, it's something that's just been around since 1947, and uh, it's it's just a piece of Martinsville. You, you come to the racetrack, and uh, if it's your first time, uh, you don't have to like it, but you have to try it, I feel. Um, I feel like you can't come and say, you yeah, know, I, I didn't have one all the way or I didn't try one all the way. oh um, so it's just uh, it's just something that that is really taking a life of its own. And on a typical race weekend, we'll sell
3: somewhere in the neighborhood of sixty-five thousand hot dogs. That's pretty good. Well, Burks, I appreciate you taking the time on here to come on here tonight. I don't know if Tim has gotten his audio issues fixed up, but if he's got a question or two, if not, uh, I can get you out of here and uh, you know let it. Uh, I'm gonna let him, I'm gonna let him figure out if he got his uh, audio issues figured out real quick. Tim, you you got us?
2: Yes, sir. I'm back. I don't know if I got the audio figured out or not. Am I breaking up real bad? No,
5: sounds good to me.
2: Okay. All right. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks, Stephen. Just and just to touch on uh, that was gonna be one of my questions. The Martinsville hot dog. Uh, Suzanne and I, we made the trek up to Marchville. I don't remember how many years ago it was when we first started getting into this media stuff. We met Stephen and his wife, AM, up there, and you know that was back when Mike Smith was PR guy there. And I want to tell this story on Stephen, if you don't mind. Stephen said, "I'm gonna run down and get us some Martinville hot dog." We was in the press box. I said, "Yes, yeah, Stephen, go ahead and bring me one back." Well, Steven didn't only bring one. He brought a whole bag back, Brooks. It was probably 15 or 20 Martinville hot dogs. And my question to you is, there's no other place. I mean, you know, y'all took the Martinville hot dog down to Daytona, which I was not fortunate enough to make it down there. Stephen made the trek down there in the, in the media center. But there's nothing like a Martinville hot dog at Martinville. I mean it's still a Mar hot dog when you take it away from Marsville, but there's something about it, Brooks. Is it just the weather?
1: <laughs>
2: it might respect it with I, a-
1: I
5: I think it's one of those things that uh knowing that you've had it at the track, uh is, is what really makes it special. Um like you said, it's 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 special everywhere, but it but it's more special here. Um and I, I think it's just woven into the the, the fabric, you know, as, as much as the the ash of Martinsville Speedway, and and it's something that,
1: uh,
5: you know, it uh, it it's sort of like uh, so a few years back, um, my sister and I took a we went backpacking through Ireland, and uh, there was something about having a Guinness beer at the at the Guinness brewery that it was just better. Um, and I, I think it's something similar, you know, it, it's, uh, you, you know, you're getting the authentic Martinsville Speedway hot dogs at Mortonsville Speedway. Um, and it's just, uh, it,
2: it's, it's, it's the place to get it
5: and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll have them
2: ready for everybody. That sounds good, brother. And I want to commend you guys on, uh, like y'all said, the racetrack has been there since back in the 1940s. It's one of the oldest oldest racetracks still in commission that runs a sanctioned race. And I want to commend y'all on leaving the track like it is. Uh, when I come up there back a few years ago, it was just like walking back in time. And to let our listeners know, Brooks, it's, the, it's just there's something about Martinville, which I know you guys added the the lights and everything, It's in the near future is it possible we could see a maybe a truck race, extended race or a cup race at night at Martin for Speedway?
5: You know, that's uh that's the question. That's probably the, the, the so the, the biggest question we, we used to always get was when are you gonna put in lights? Well we did that. Now the next question is, uh, when are you gonna have a night race? And and I can tell you the answer to that is we are fighting for that, uh Weekly, if not daily, Clay uh, Campbell, track president, is on, uh, you know, in constant conversation with NASCAR and, and letting them know our thoughts and view on it. And uh, it's it's not as simple as just uh, saying, all right, we're going to run the S T P 500 at night. Um, you know, our dates are right now, uh, while we're looking at, you know, 65, 70 degrees on Sunday, uh, Saturday night, it's it's still going to get chilly.
1: Uh, so we've got
5: to get a better date and, and that's something that we're we're fighting for. Um it's and 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 it's not as simple as just calling Richmond or Kansas or, or Bristol or somebody and saying, Hey, swap dates with us. Uh there's a lot of moving parts and, and we're fighting for it and we and we hope it happens in the near future. Um and, and we're we're ready for it when it does. And I know I know the
2: fans are, are certainly ready for it as well. That's right. And us media people are too. But uh, my opinion, Tim Despain's opinion, I only hear from Charlie, Alabama, is don't touch the track. It's like walking back in time. We love it. It's just like going to Darlington Speedway. It's like going back in time. We love it like it is. But, Brooks, thanks again for calling in, and we want to let you thank any of your sponsors for the racetrack. Any, anything you want to throw out there for the fans or anything y'all got going on, ticket prices or anything, you got to floor, bro.
5: Absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. We, uh, we obviously couldn't do this without the fans. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're passionate about what we do, but if we didn't have anybody to do it for, uh, there'd be, it would be hard to do. So obviously the fans are the ones that we, uh, we value the most, um, along with, with folks like STP and First Data, but, um, you know, we, we, we encourage everybody to, to come out this weekend. Uh, we, we feel like we have the most competitive prices, not only in NASCAR, but at, in top level professional sports, uh, across the board tickets start at $47. Uh, we've got them on sale, eight, seven, seven race ticks or martinsville And somebody will be more than happy to, to, to help you with that, uh, that order and, and make sure you get the right seats. And, um, it's going to be a great weekend, uh, great race, and great weather. That's the that's the biggest thing that we're trying to, to to get out there. The forecast is really in our favor this year, and, and we're uh, we're really looking forward to just a great weekend at, at Martinsville Speedway, and uh, and hoping to see you guys out soon. Um, we uh we
2: uh you're welcome anytime. Brooks, thank you. We are we are uh sanctioned body hard card holders, so uh I'm gonna get with my with my good my with my smarter one of the bunch here, Steve with Digest we'll probably send we'll probably send you an email. We're probably gonna come up his file, brother, if that's okay, and make our check up there.
5: Well we're looking forward to it. Stevens sending everybody else that's writing for Steve, uh Speedway Digest, so he needs to to hop on board and come on down too. It's uh not a long truck for him coming from from just outside of Richmond. Uh, so, uh, but but when you guys come, we'll, we'll look forward to it. We'll have we'll have
2: plenty of those hot dogs uh, waiting for you. All right, thank you very much, Brooks, and good luck this weekend with S T P five hundred weekend there at Martinsville Speedway. We appreciate you calling in, brother. Don't be a stranger. Absolutely, thanks for having me. I'll come on anytime. Thanks, Brooks. We'll see you, brother. Brooks Taylor there, Stephen PR, public Relations director there at Barford Speedway. He took over after Mike Smith and just I hate to bring up Mike Smith all the time, but Mike Smith is a character. And some of the stories that I wanna tell I could probably not tell. But anyway, I want to thank Brooks for coming on and We got a uh Brooks said he's gonna take care of us. We need to we we need to book at Suzanne if you're listening, we need to book out up there to uh Barford Speedway this fall. I mean, you know, we're going through a lot of races this year so uh we're gonna to try to keep our listeners and fans up to date what all's going on and I think uh a little crackling thing just come back. But uh Stephen, your your take on there just like what Brooks said. He said, you know, and I kept telling him and uh I, I hate to keep saying it, but don't change the track. It's like walking back in time. They've been there since nineteen forty something. They're the oldest track on the section by circuit as of this time. Other than Darlington Raceway, and we go to Darlington Raceway every weekend. Kerry Thorpe, his bunch up there, they put on a great show. You talk about the Marvel Hot Dogs. You talk about the Marvel Hot Dogs. But Steven, he did. Accurate. They are working hard to get a truck, a Hendy or Cupra, at his track on a, a night race. That would be awesome if Marvel Speedway, wouldn't it, bro?
3: Well, I went up there for the late model, that first late model race that they had under the lights, um, and that was their first official night race at Martinsville. Um, they're going to have a, in about, 2000, I about 2005 or 2007, they were supposed to have a night race, where they're going to bring in temperate temporary lighting run, an Xfinity Series race, um, but unfortunately that had to be rescheduled for the daytime, so Um, that light model race, um, they ran the, uh, the, uh, late model 300 lap late model event, but they run up there every year in October, and I went up there and watched that. Um, I think that place was electrifying, um, to, to watch these cars run underneath the lights out there, um, to watch the sparks fly from underneath the cars. Um, you could see them rubbing fenders and sparks flying from cars, and, you know, I, I think it made it more electrifying to be honest with you. I and mean, we've seen the fall race where the time difference, when the last 50 or 50 or so laps are run at nighttime under those lights, and uh, I just think it just makes it special somehow. Um, I'm glad that Richmond went back to night races because Richmond had uh, had been night racing for nearly 30 years at that point, and you know they they ran a couple of pair of day races and. Um, I don't think it was as, as special. Um, it, it's just something about nighttime racing at short tracks that I think a lot of people just remember from going to short tracks, growing up at short tracks, dirt tracks, asphalt tracks, etc. on Fridays and Saturday nights, and I think it just makes it a little uh, even more special that we see those, well, we see these tracks like Martinsville um, and these lights in, and honestly, I would like to see a, an event there be totally running in the night. But as Brooke said, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces that have to come together. Um, you know, this isn't the time of year in Virginia that you're going to go and run a 7 o'clock night race on Saturday night because, you know, you're going to be sitting in 30-degree weather. Uh, if you're lucky, you may be in the 40s. And, you know, even if, even if you're even luckier than that, you may be in the low 50s. So either way, it's going to be a very cold time to sit out there for three hours and watch 500 laps on Mars. We've got to push this thing a little bit farther off into the year somewhere late April or early May before it starts getting really, really hot um, here in Virginia and getting the uh, the humidity in here. I think that would be an appropriate time, or, you know, if they can move the, the October race up to September or something like that. Um, you know, you could uh, run some decent events like that. But, you know, it, they understand the problems. They they understand that, you know, what it takes um, to, to move these events. And, you know, I think the, he, he said exactly, you know, what a lot of times that, Sometimes fans and media and everybody involved sometimes forget. There's just so many other parts, moving parts and pieces that they don't necessarily control, and are out of their control. That that would make the 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 swap. Um, you know the the problems with the swap. I mean, we already see with Atlanta. They've been trying to miss that race um, ever since that they gave the Labor Day race back to Darlington uh, Raceway. So. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, maybe, you know, as we start approaching this, you know, this new 2020-2021 schedule and things like that, I think there might be opportunities in there, as NASCAR says, they are looking at everything, and maybe they can shake this tree up a little bit and move some, some move some races around. And um, I, I think that, you know, I think that that would be the opportunity for both Atlanta and Martinsville to move an event. Um you know, and then, you know, they, I think, you know, by moving some events around that they could potentially um, go to Atlanta, go back to Texas, and then by the time they come back here to Martinsville, so it's, you know, nice 70-degree weather here in Virginia at nighttime.
2: That's right, brother. And, Stephen, let's take a little quick break, and we're going to come back after this break, and we're going to talk about Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush hit, we have number 200 to Ty well, I don't want to put him in the same boat here to Anyway, we'll talk about all that whenever we come back. But I wanna I want I wanna dedicate this song here to uh, Kyle Bush. You can't take nothing away from him. He's a hell of a damn race car driver. Mr Thomas Rett here, star of the show for Kyle We'll Be right back after this quick miss.
1: On the street, a hand in mine, they don't keep them other guys, and they're wondering, i looking at you. But it's alright, and that's okay, who could blame them anyway? You're so pretty, and you ain't even got a clue. Cause everywhere couldn't get any better, we broke ground on transformation. The Talladega Super Speedway infield project to enhance the fan experience. Check it out in 2019, if you're big and bad enough.
2: We're back live from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim DeSpain, uh, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com. He's live right outside of Richmond raceway. Stephen, uh, Kyle Bush got his 200th win this weekend. And uh, mm-hmm. at Fontaine and that'll really cost the four hundred. There's a lot of people that say that uh, it doesn't match up to the King Richard Petty. But Stephen, uh, I want to tell you, there's a lot of haters out there that say, that does not like Kyle Busch, but the young man can drive the shit out of a There's nothing to take away from him on that. What is your take on Richard Petty's two hundred win versus uh, Kyle Busch's two hundred win over over a? Uh, over a three-sanctioned body race as far as the is against Indian body.
3: I don't think, honestly, you can make the comparisons against it. Um, You know, if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, um, it's two totally separate errors. Um, You know, Petty, I guess you could consider him Racing full time, um, he raced as many as four, five, six times a week. And um, comparison's sake to that, Kyle Bush only races part times. He may only race one or two races a weekend. So you really, it's really hard to compare the two and the competition level at the same time. Back when Petty was running, um, you may have six or eight or ten on a given week that might be able to go out there and win a race and even towards Petty's the end of Petty's career in, in the 80s and 90s, you know, that number hadn't really substantially jumped much higher. Um, today, you probably have as many as 20 or 25 different drivers some weeks, depending on the track, that could go out there and win a race. Sure, we've got the big teams like JGR and Penske and, um, you know, Stuart Haas Racing and um, stuff like that, but... Um, Overall, but depending on the race track that you go to, is you know you gotta you gotta have a good solid twenty or more drivers that could win a race. So comparing the arbitrary stats of Kyle Busch against uh, somebody like Richard Petty is really incredibly hard, um, just based on so many factors. And you know I don't I don't think it's fair to Petty to to, to compare him. Uh, to Kyle Bush or Kyle Bush to Petty because, you know, again, um, you know, there's so many factors into this that play in into how Kyle Bush got his 200 wins. And um, at the end of the day, you just have to look at it at face value and say that Kyle Bush has won 70 some races in the um, Xfinity Series and 40 some odd, 47, 48 races, whatever it is in the in the uh uh Nascar Cup series and you know, thirty another f thirty, forty fifty races in the in a truck series. So um you know, he's he's gonna go down in the history books regardless of the fact of being the Hall of Fame probably first ballot. I don't I don't think there's any other way of um I'm not putting him on on first ballot when when his time comes and um he's definitely a Hall of Famer. If he quit today um, he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's, uh, there's not much that he hasn't accomplished. Uh, um, I know he has said if he could get an Indy car and it was competitive, he, he might go run the Indy 500 or might do something else, but he's just really focused right now. And I think, you know, he's, he's in his early thirties or so, and, you know, he's got a lot of more years left underneath, I mean, so by the time he's done, um, you know, he'll, he'll solidify the, the number of wins in Xfinity in the truck series for sure to probably an unreachable or insurmountable uh, number uh, by a driver, just based on the way that um, drivers move through the series these days and there's very little investment by other drivers to build their own equipment and go race their own equipment in the lower series. And, um, you know, he, he'll probably surpass it couple people still left on that list in uh, the Monster Energy Series possibly Um, but again I think it's just hard to quantify the two together I don't know how you I don't know where you start drawing the line at as far as their, their stats, their overall stats and how you make a comparison between the two of them and Um, I'm glad he got to the 200 wins because now we can stop talking about it and focus on something else. But, you know, at the same time, I guess, you know, it's a story that we're going to talk about and we'll probably talk about for quite some time. And uh, as he continues to run races, we'll continue to talk about the the 200 number or whatever the magic number is. Um, You know, he, he continues to tack on in the respective series.
2: That's right, Stephen. And you know, Kyle also mentioned uh win number two oh one. Uh could it come at Rossville Speedway? And uh, like you said, I don't I don't think there's no comparison to petty, you know. You know, Richard Petty doesn't buy any day. That Chalk Myers most famous saying. yeah, me and what's talking on the show. But uh like I said, there's just an expect about young man Kyle Bush. He can drive the hell out of a race car, or race car, or what have you. But, again, uh, Stephen, I want to go ahead and play the uh, Media Center Auto. Uh, Kyle Bush after he won the uh, Auto Club Subway 400 there at Auto Club Speedway. And it's about 13 minutes and a few seconds. Stephen. But I want everybody to listen to this. This is probably one of the Media Center interviews. That everybody would like to see with the media asking Kyle Bush questions. Stephen, let's take a little break. I know you hadn't had a break yet. I took a break uh, while you were talking to uh, Brooke. But anyway, the number to is 215 383 You're in a pit stop with Jimmy's playing Stephen. Go listen to the media center audio there from Ottawa Speedway, Kyle Bush. We had number 200. We
5: are now joined by the winner of today's AAA 400 and the winner of 200 NASCAR National Series races, Kyle Busch, driver of the 18 Interstate Batteries Toyota for Joe Gibbs Racing. If you have a question for Kyle, please raise your hand. We'll give a wireless microphone
0: to you. We'll start with Kathy.
1: Kathy Brown, pitting outside the box. Congratulations.
0: I didn't do that today. I sped. <laughs> Just kidding.
1: I know. No, You didn't get penalized today for that. They say nothing's as special as your first win, but this 200th win has got to be very special. Going back, how do you compare your first win to this win today?
0: Um, I don't know. That's so long ago. I remember a little bit about it, obviously, but um, just the, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think the emotion of it uh, on the first one was was way greater just because it was the first one. Um, I mean, my mom was in tears today. She was in tears on the first one. I don't know how many of the in-between 198 she was in tears for, but I'm sure there were a few of those as well, too. Um, it's just been uh, a crazy ride, and uh, to get 200 here today at Auto Club Speedway is um, is pretty cool. I mean, to bookend number one and 200 here at the same place, it's kind of crazy. On the same asphalt, this place hasn't been repaved, so um, that's been pretty cool as well, too, and, and just being able to, to, to win. That's what it's about. We'll go next here to Elliot and then to Lee. Um, I heard you say, and I didn't
3: get all of it, uh, about a comparison to Richard Petty. The 200 wins is significant, and he had 200. But you Mm -hmm. brought up, like, LeBron and Michael Jordan. And how do you compare, then, to Richard Petty?
0: Um, So somebody asked me about whether or not I was the greatest of all time, and I was like, I'm never going to self-proclaim that. Um, You know, that's for others to debate. But, um, you know, I just look at – LeBron James is obviously really, really good in basketball, so is Michael Jordan, and two of them, you know, arguably one of them, which one or the other, could be greatest of all time, but in my opinion, I don't know if if in this day and age now anymore with how many eras we've been through in racing or basketball or football or whatever... Um, if there is truly a greatest of all time. I think there's obviously greats, and um, I would just like to be attributed or um, you know, in that mix of the top five, top eight guys. I think by the time I'm all said and done, I could be in the top two or three of those guys of greatest of all time. But I think it's going to be really, really hard um, to exactly pinpoint how you can define greatest uh, when, when that time comes. Next to Lee and then to Dustin.
2: Spencer, racing voice.com. You know, Earnhardt told Jeff Gordon early in his career, "Don't worry about what the fans think. You know, as long as they're making some sort of noise, you you know that you've you know hit on something." But fans also like winners. Have you
1: noticed the?
0: Do they?
4: Well, I mean, do you have you noticed a they booed the hell
0: out of Earnhardt for a long time, and Jeff Gordon, and Jimmy Johnson.
4: But do you feel your fan base picking up Uh, with your winning percentage?
0: Yeah, I mean, I just feel like my fan base has been picking up over the years just of of growing up a little bit. You know, obviously I turned off plenty back in the early days, and and, uh, you're never going to change those minds, which is fine. But, um, you know, there's certainly some that are kind of turning the table or turning the corner a little bit as to uh, seeing about more of what's today, um, who I am today, and and the growing up that I've done. But overall, just, um, you know, I think that – Winning, obviously, kind of helps that. Um, you know, I I'd, I'd certainly have to give a huge shout-out and praise to the Rowdy Nation fans that have been with me since the beginning, that have been with me since the, the five Kellogg's days or, heck, even my Xfinity days um, before I was a cup guy, whatever. So uh, I even in Las Vegas, when we go out there and I sign autographs at M&M's World, um, there's people that I see there that come out that I remember seeing at the bowl ring in Las Vegas, you know, and, and they're still Kyle fans. So um, those are the core group that I certainly am very uh, appreciative of and, and that are very passionate about me.
5: Go next to Dustin, then to Jeff, and then to <coughs> Chase. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Uh, Kyle, I'm curious, uh, from your perspective, this win uh, 200 is do you feel like it's more important to other people than it is to you obviously it's created a lot of discussion and I think about it in one sense you know in what six days five days you're going to be in a truck at at Martinsville and you're a racer and competitor and you're going to be focused so Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to get a true sense of what 200 means and is is it do you feel like it means more to other people than it does to you right now because you're in the middle
0: of it I mean this was win number 200 but there's so many of the 200 that are special or meaningful, um, and I don't know how you can categorize or characterize, uh, all of them, and, you know, people ask you, well, wh- what's the biggest win of your career, and I'm like, well, I guess Homestead 2015 is probably the biggest, right, so, you know, where does t- number 200, the 200th win at Auto Club Speedway stand? <laughs> I don't know, you know, it. Is it in one of the top ten most memorable? Probably because it is number 200, but just because of that. Um, you know, it wasn't like it was the Daytona 500 I got it or the Coke 600 or Brickyard 400 or anything like that. So um, it was um, one of our, our races that's on our, on our schedule, and it just so happened to be out here in California. But, um, you know, it would, it, they, they've all been cherishable for their particular reasons, and I don't want to discredit any of them. I think that this milestone is obviously a, a special one, um, to me, uh, to many of those that are around me, uh, my wife, my, my son will one day um, be able to recognize that. And Adam Stevens, my guys, I know many of the, the crews and crew chief people that, uh, that I've worked with over the course of my career obviously feel something about it as well, too. So it's pretty cool to, to hear from those guys. Go next to Jeff and then to Chase. You were pretty open for years about wanting to get to 200 at some point. So now that that's been checked off, do you have another number in mind, or is anything beyond this just a number? Uh, yeah, I think anything beyond this is just it's um, just another number. But, I mean, I could I could go lightly and say, oh, well, yeah, 250, you know, or I could go reach for the stars and say, well, 300, what's wrong with that? I'll, I would be banned from all of them by then, exactly, you know. Um, if I won 100 cup races, they'd probably be like, oh, all right, that's enough, you're done. Um, I don't know. Nobody from F1 is calling, so um, you know that's about the only thing higher, I guess, that I could try to go do. But um, you know, with with being close to 100 on Xfinity, that's kind of what I said I'd, I'd quit at the truck stuff. Being in the 50s, just I'd love to be able to continue on with that and be able to race those. They're my trucks. Um, I like that. I like working with those guys, uh, my guys, my team, my company. And then on the Cup side as well, too. You know, somebody asked me, they're like, "Well, is 100?" a 100 a number? I was like, sure, you know, we'll, we'll set the next number on the cup side at 100. I and it's going to be hard to get there. There's no question about that, um, you know, but you might as well set your goals high and, and go out there and strive to achieve. Next to the chase. ChaseWilhelmNascar.com. Kyle, going back to the uh, Michael Jordan, LeBron James thing, um, Jordan, he won six championships. LeBron has three right now. Mm-hmm. But there's other records that LeBron has reached to put him in that. GOAT conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But in this sport, it seems like we only associate the GOATs with number championships. So with you reaching this number today, do you think it's fair to talk about the greatest drivers of all time or or some of the greatest and just focus on championships? Yeah, to me, um, you know, like I said, in different eras, there's so many different things. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, he should be the GOAT, right? He should be the greatest of all time. He won the most championships in the most different ways of having to win a championship in the most different cars that he had to drive to be able to win races. Um, You know, with before 2004, it was always the whole season was the champion, right? Now, then we had the 10 race playoff. Now we have 3-3-3 and then 1, you know, and, and unfortunately for me, I've made it to the final four the last four years, and I've only won it once, you know. So I feel like LeBron James where I can make it to the finals, but then once I get there, I can't quite close it out and get it all done, you know. So um, I, there's, like I said, there's so many different, you said it too, comparables that not every single one person is going to have every single one of them, right. There's going to be this guy's got this, this guy's got that, that guy's got that, this guy's got this. And so I think that's what makes it to where you can't always say that there's a greatest, that there's greats.
5: Okay, we're going to head up to the Skybox. Any questions in the Skybox press box?
1: One
0: question. Go ahead, Skybox. Hey, this is Chris Knight from catchfence.com. Uh, Kyle, um, I've heard you mention Formula 1 a couple times over the past couple weekends, so I was curious if the doors ever opened and the opportunity was for you to walk away from NASCAR and you had an opportunity from a good team, would you take that F1 opportunity? They're going to have to spend a hell of a lot of money to buy me out of Joe Gibbs Racing, that's for sure. So uh, I don't know if it's going to be worth their investment. Um, you know, um, there's probably too many um, things that those guys think about that we'd never be good at at being able to drive those cars. Uh, I know Jimmy gave it a shot a couple weeks ago. Jeff's given it a shot, and um, I'd love to be able to give it a shot and kind of see, but uh, I just I don't foresee the, the opportunity really blossoming and becoming something that I could take advantage of. Any questions in the Terrace press box? Yes, one question from the Terrace. Go ahead, Terrace.
5: Actually, two questions. Uh, Wolfgang Munzer, Ranchport Press Agency from Germany. Uh, Kyle, first of all, congratulations. Uh, your 200 wins came with a Japanese car, Toyota. What's your personal opinion? Will this increase your fan base in Japan? And secondly, oh, I'm do number
0: you- one in Japan, man. No question. Got that. Check. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and question number two. Do you think, personally, there is no, maybe now a possibility you get a trip, invitation to the headquarters in Japan to get a special award from the Toyota headquarter?
0: Um, you know, I, unfortunately, um, back when I won my championship, I was invited over there, and just timing didn't work out, and I wasn't able to get over there in order to be able to go and, and see those guys. There's only one guy that I need to be my fan over there in Japan, and that's Akio. So as long as is a fan, then uh, I'm all set. I'm good. But um, no, I'm sure we've got plenty of uh, of Japanese fans from Japan that are huge about being Toyota followers and Toyota supporters. And, um, you know, it's cool to be able to have them over here. And for as much influence as they have on the U.S. economy and the things that they do, building cars here in the U.S. with nine or 12 12 different plants, um, over 60,000 employees, uh, American employees that that have jobs here is pretty remarkable. So, obviously, uh, we wouldn't be in our position today without their support and um, the men and women of Toyota TRD that do such a great job to get us fast race cars each and every week to the racetrack. Any...
2: And, Stephen, that was uh, Kyle Busch here in the
0: main center in Montana, California. In the
2: Cup Series, the two National Cup Series, he won his 200th race over all three tier series. And you and I, we have talked about uh, how does that compare to the Richard P. Anyway, uh, Stephen, uh, if you got everything for uh, Martin Speedway, the TV times, radio times, don't you go ahead and say about it out there. I'm going to put you on the spot still real quick. But uh, go ahead and put that out there. And we'll everybody. Come on, and we'll jump out of here, brother.
1: Yeah,
3: all right. Well, Martin's a little speedway this weekend, a little half-mile paperclip out there. Um, everything going to kick off. we got a bunch of practices here coming up on Friday throughout the day. And uh Kicking it back over to uh, uh, <laughs> kicking it over to Saturday at ten forty a.m. NASCAR Gantt Outdoor Tur- uh, Truck Series qualifying for that two o'clock two fifty two hundred fifty laps one hundred thirty one point five miles for the Outdoor Truck Series two hundred out there to be immediately followed beyond that Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series qualifying right around ten five ten p.m. Um so just right after the Gander Outdoor Truck Series so uh, event um finishes out on that. Um FS one has your uh has uh, uh covered for uh trucks and uh monster energy series that day MRN has got the radio S Series XM so Sunday STP five hundred out there, two o'clock race time, uh two hundred and sixty three laps, uh five sorry, five hundred laps, two hundred and sixty three miles for them. Uh, monster Energy Nascar Cup series. Uh, racing from Martinsville Speedway. Fox got coverage for you. Um MRN that's serious Section radio has your uh, it has your radio coverage for that. Um it's gonna be a fun weekend out there. I like Martinsville Speedway and hope I can get back to it in the uh in the uh, near future.
2: That's right, brother, and we're gonna try to get back up over this uh this follow through Barnes Speedway. Brooks trailer a bunch up there at Martinsville Speedway they put on lv elevator, right, this, uh, this on an elevator I half mile of Mayhem, the paper there at Marvel Speedway. Y'all tune in this weekend. It's going to be one hell of a show. I love short track racing. Probably a whole other show we can talk about, like you and I we have talked about. The NASCAR might be exploring new short track venues or whatever, but that could be a whole uh, whole other show. Even I want to thank Brooks Taylor from Parkville Speedway, taking time out to come in to uh, call in the pit stops, and it's Steve Winston. I want to thank you very much for everything that you do for us. And uh, my next race is going to be shout-out Speedway. I don't know what you said your next race is going to be, but Stephen, let everybody know. Follow me on social media, website, brothers. You got the floor. And
3: follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Awesome, brother. And we're gonna say good night.
2: I'm Tim Spain from Talladega, Alabama. He's Stephen Wilton, be with Digest dot com just right outside of Richmond Raceway. Stephen, thank you very much for everything. Thank you for hosting my website. And we will talk to you next TG live from Talladega, Alabama.